In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Can I admit something to you, but you'll keep it just between us? I've never really liked the phrase, everything happens for a reason. Maybe it's just me, but whenever I hear somebody say that, it feels like the assumption is that the reason is always good. In reality, as the old meme says, sometimes the reasons things happen is that you're stupid and make bad decisions. More often than not, things happen because addictions are powerful. Mental health is fragile. Power corrupts. And evil is real. This is precisely what happens in today's gospel lesson. A really bad thing happens to a really good person because sin is all too real. You might recall from last week's gospel lesson, it ended with Jesus and his disciples scattered throughout the Galilean countryside, preaching repentance and performing all kinds of miracles. When it was just a single roaming rabbi, nobody in power paid too much attention to this Jesus movement. But as the crowds around Jesus began to grow, and as his disciples scattered out and spread the good news, it began to spread rapidly. The good news of God's plan for salvation was beginning to gain a foothold, and it was seen as a real threat to the powers that be in both the religious and political worlds. All around Israel, people were wondering who this Jesus character might be. Maybe he's Moses or Elijah or another one of the prophets. But Herod Antipas, the puppet king of Galilee, had no doubt. Jesus was John the Baptist, risen from the grave. Now, Herod had good reason to be wary of Jesus and to wonder if he was, in fact, some kind of zombie John the Baptist roaming around threatening his power and privilege. Herod Antipas was the son of Herod the Great, who had ruled Judea at the time of Jesus's birth. The Herodian family tree is a little bit hard to parse out. He had multiple wives and tended to name all of his sons Herod. But after Herod the Great died or was killed, depending on which story you read, three of his sons, Herod Archelaus, Philip the Tetrarch, and Herod Antipas took rule over his kingdom. Our Herod Antipas ruled Galilee in northern Israel from 4 BCE until his death in 39 CE. After he divorced his first wife, Antipas essentially stole his second wife, Herodias, from his older brother, Philip, as Mark calls him, or Herod II. Herod II was outside of the lineage of succession because his mother had known about, but didn't say anything about, a plot to poison his father by another brother from another mother. Confused yet? Anyway, according to the historian Josephus, Herodias took upon herself to confound the laws of Israel 
divorced from her husband while he was still alive, and married Herod Antipas. And as you might imagine, John the Baptist, a prophet who was deeply concerned with the sinfulness of all of Israel, had strong opinions about this relationship, and he was not afraid to share them publicly. Eventually, Herodias became so fed up with John's complaints, she convinced her husband, Herod, to have him arrested. Interestingly, though, Mark tells us that Antipas refused to let John be killed for speaking out against his marriage. He kept him in protective custody, where he enjoyed listening to his perplexing words. But Herodias waited, watched, for the perfect opportunity which finally came on the night of Herod Antipas's birthday. The powerful were all gathered in one room and the wine flowed like water. And after watching his stepdaughter delight the crowd with dancing, Herod Antipas blurted out, whatever you want, up to half of my kingdom is yours. The girl quickly ran out and consulted with her mother who knew the answer, the head of John the Baptist. So this young girl, about 12 years of age, walks back into her stepfather's grand ballroom, doesn't just ask for the head of John the Baptist, but asks that it be served to her on a platter. Fearful of losing face in front of his guests, Herod had no choice but to oblige. Now, I'm guessing that the disciples who came to receive John's body weren't thinking everything happens for a reason. There seems to be little, if any, redemption in the gruesome death of John the Baptist. John died because power and privilege combined with anger and violence and this deadly combination has been common in humanity even up to today. Moreover, as theologian Debbie Thomas points out, John the Baptist's head ended up on a platter because Herod Antipas loved to listen to but never actually heard the words of John the Baptist. No matter how much he enjoyed his time with John, when push came to shove, Antipas had learned nothing about repentance, forgiveness, and grace. Rather, in that moment, he forgot everything he had ever heard and impulsively reacted, choosing to save every last ounce of his overwhelming amount of privilege over the life of a man he had come to respect. As Christians, we have similar choices to make every day. Now, it's not likely that we will have the position, we will ever be in the position to ask for someone's head on a silver platter, thanks be to God. But there are plenty of moments in our lives when the choice between saving face and hurting another child of God is all too real. Borrowing again from Debbie Thomas, the death of John the Baptist invites us personally to ask ourselves questions like, am I so bent on conflict avoidance 
that I harm others with my silence? Or do I prefer stability and safety more than transformation? Corporately, as a church and as a community and a society, we must consider when we choose silence for the sake of convenience, whose lives become expendable. When we decide that justice is just too messy or chaotic or costly, who suffers over the long term? I guess maybe it's true that everything does happen for a reason, but often that reason is the result of sin and has very little, if anything, to do with God. Whether it's individual sins like pride, envy, greed, and bigotry, or corporate sin like white supremacy, heteronormativity, or xenophobia, the power of evil in this world is quite real. And we are not called simply to be followers of Jesus, but disciples. And so we can't just hear this story of the death of John the Baptist and forget about it. But instead, we must hear it, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest it so that we might be changed by it. The more we dig into these stories, the more we come to know that evil is real in this world, and that Jesus calls us to lives of grace and love. The more we will be equipped then, when push comes to shove in our own lives, to choose right over wrong, or compassion over indifference, or love over hate. We may not have the capacity to beat down evil in our lifetimes, but every time one of us chooses love over hate, the kingdom of heaven gets just a little bit closer. If everything really does happen for a reason, may the reason we do anything be the love of God, the love of neighbor to the glory of Almighty God. Amen.